Hey everyone, my name is Sumbul Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mallon, and we are two new Cambridge City Councilors, and this is our weekly podcast, Women Are Here. Hello, it's Friday. TGIF. <laughs> TGIF. As my daughter would say, it's Friday. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a kind of a long week, and I have to say, I've, I just want to say I am sorry to everyone who asked me how I was this week, who were like, hey, how are you? <laughs> and I apologize for verbally vomiting all over my... All over them as, as if they actually wanted to know. And you're all warned that for the next five weeks that asking me how I am as a common courtesy or greeting um, is to be avoided at all costs. And as a replacement, what I'm suggesting is maybe when you see me, just, at, just say, how are you enjoying this weather that we're having? Otherwise, you could be in for a long 10 minutes. I think that's a great suggestion. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, people have just been like, they're so happy and chirpy. <laughs> I know, just... Don't ask me how I am, unless you really want to know and you have some time on your hands. I know. It's like, do you have tissues with yeah. you? <laughs> how do you feel about personal contact? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to <laughs> hold me right now? <laughs> unless, unless you do, please just ask me about the weather. It'll right. it'll work out yeah, better yeah. for everyone. Unless you want to like hug me and mm-hmm. you know tell mm-hmm. me everything's gonna be okay. Right, like right, shh. right, right. Let me just cry on your shoulder. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it's been one of those weeks, but um, I couldn't really sleep last night because I was worried about these constituents who had a hearing today, this morning at 9 a.m. at the housing court. And, oh, um, okay. Who were an eviction. And so I spent about half an hour on the phone with the management management company's attorney yesterday and had this, it was actually a really great conversation. I, I said, look, I don't know why this is even... Um, happening because they've they have great evidence here. I, I, you know they are expecting another year tenancy, and mm-hmm. here's why. Were they just not renewing a lease? They were not that, renewing okay. a lease and due to so, some issues it, that weren't yeah, necessarily they just, real. Yeah, and okay. these folks have lived in this particular place for twenty years, oh, and so Jesus. and so I, you know I I told her I just kind of talked about the uh, through it of a lens of displacement, and you know yes you have the right to just say, I don't want to renew the lease, but here are the conversations that occurred, which gave them a, they gave them confidence that, that you were, the management company was renewing the lease. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we had a huge back and forth and I said, look, yeah, you know, she was like, you know, I'm going to try to get as much time for them as possible for mo- moving. And I said, well, I, I How think about a lease, <laughs> I was like, I think they want to stay for a year. Right. So I was like, that's, that's kind of, kind of come out in the morning. And I hope that there can be a resolution. Is uh, that, hap- that happened this morning? This morning. And so you weren't there? I wasn't there. I didn't go. To, I, you Did know, they have I'm a housing not to go to attorney? Court. They didn't have a housing attorney. They didn't qualify for legal aid. Uh, but they, oh, man. But the, the housing court um, on Fridays, it's the housing division oh, has yes, yes, like the a, court a, at a court Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they have um, lawyer for the day and they have uh, housing mediators. So I told them to go to the clerk's office and... and it was fine, but I got a voicemail at like ten thirty, um, <gasps> being like, "Hey, uh, the attorney, you know, for for the management, said that they didn't have the evidence to to they, you know, they looked at the evidence and we were, you know, we were right, and um, you know, thank you so much for for talking Aww. to the attorney and just, and you know, it, I was like, whew, like I I woke up to that news and I was just so relieved, uh, and it took a short conversation and it took kind of reviewing the facts and just making a case to this woman and she was a, she, I've talked to a lot of counsel who are very very rude and she was 
amazing and oh. she she was really shout kind. out to that lady shout out to this attorney who you know, she she got it and she she was like look uh you know she really took into consideration what um i was saying and so i i really you know it, it's great that you can I, I was able to help in a in a little way and um these folks they're so happy that they get to stay for a year that's so great i mean i guess i <sighs> People keep asking me, like, why I'm running again. Right, right. Right, because it all seems so crazy. But really, at the end of the day, this job is about helping people. Yeah. And not just, like, yeah. not just helping the, like, aggregate residents of Cambridge, but sometimes it's really just about helping a person or a family. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that is the best part of this job is that you right. get to use this, like, power that you have for, right. like, good. Right. And, um, yeah, it's... I, th I feel like if I didn't have those small moments where you actually helped a person, right. I actually wouldn't maybe want to do this job, yeah. right? Because, you know, the longer, the po the bigger policy stuff takes a long time and it's very contentious and sometimes it's really hard. But that having those small wins where you help somebody either, you know, it can be as small as like making sure their tree well gets fixed outside of their house or saving them from eviction. I mean, it's like a continuum of things that people mm -hmm. really need and local government that's what we're here for yeah yeah and i'm lucky i can use my your you know, my legal background yeah. too, and just say look these facts right for your client don't look great so i'm not sure where you're what you're what you're doing it's gonna it's kind of a, it's just a waste of resources and time so anyway i'm i'm happy this morning and it's given me some life for the weekend a little lyfe for to get life. into the 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 door knocking so. Oof! i know it's been BBD. It's, okay, so can I just tell you? So I went out door knocking this week and I was so tired. We'd had like 12 meetings in a row, a couple of committee hearings. And I got, I was talking to this guy and I literally just couldn't say any more words. <laughs> I was like, hi, I'm And then I just like stopped talking. He just like stared at me and I was like, this is happening. <laughs> like, I, no more words are coming out. Right. And he was like, well, it was really nice meeting you <laughs> thanks for stopping by and i was like bye like it's so hard you know you work all day and then you're out there from like you're knocking on 100 doors right and talking to it's just so funny he was just like okay well nice meeting you i was like okay bye i know i know we're, we're very tired everyone <laughs> just just pray for us anyway okay yeah so monday night we had a council meeting which was eventful and uneventful all at the same time it seemed like kind of a fun <laughs> meeting because there was like some really boring stuff and then some like <laughs> really contentious stuff and then there was kind of a thing at the end of that happened but so the way it started out is um so our community preservation act which is um funded through a local property tax so anyone who owns property here in cambridge pays an additional percentage uh, or surcharge um and then there's a state match to those funds and those funds we vote, the city council votes every year on how to allocate those funds. So every year we have been voting to spend 80% uh, of those funds on affordable housing, both building new and preserving um, existing. So like, you know, Sumble is often talking about the Fresh Pond Apartments and the need to preserve that affordable housing there. And then 10% for historic preservation and 10% for open space projects. So it's actually quite a bit of money. It's like $10 million dollars. Um, so 80% of that went to affordable housing, but then 10% went to historic preservation, which these are always really fun projects to think about, um, in our community. Cause it's, you know, there's a lot of historic places and homes. And, um, so th the historic preservation grants were around, um, around a million dollars. Um, so 
150000 was appropriated to the Inman Square Fire Station facade restoration, which is one of my favorite uh, fire stations in the city. It's beautiful. And then $80,000 uh, was appropriated to the African-American trail markers restoration. These are uh, signs all over Cambridge that actually talk about um, the history of African-Americans here in Cambridge. And they're really in a sorry state of disrepair. Yeah. So I'm glad to see those on there. Um, $65,000 appropriated to digitizing the architectural survey. Uh, $55,000 appropriated to conserving the assessor's records, which actually looks kind of fun. Like you can go back and look at your assessing records back from the beginning, right? Like from when you're, if you own a home or if you're interested in a piece of property, um, they're all like kind of written on paper. And so they're going to be digitizing those. Um, sorry, I lost my place conserving the assessor's records, not digitizing. And then 30000 appropriated to the old burying ground grave marker restoration. So those are the historic preservations that are going to be happening this year based on the CPA funds. Awesome. And then the 10% of these funds are allocated to open space. So there's going to be funds appropriated to the Hoyt Field play structures and furniture. There's going to be money appropriated to the Hell's Half Acre <laughs> ecological restoration which you asked about i was like where the hell is half acre <laughs> we got an answer right we sort kind of, of kind of everyone described where it was it was like one of those things where people you're like where in cambridge is this and everyone was describing a place without actually having a map right and I was like, right okay thanks I, yeah i guess that Great. exists uh there's going to be money to the magazine beach site survey planning and design and then uh, eighteen thousand appropriated to the ly path design which is great yeah, it's a, a CPA funds. Yeah, thanks, go, thanks, go CPA. Ta thanks, taxpayers. Yeah, we had to take uh, eighteen roll call votes. Oh my god, it took forever, forever, forever. Yeah, there was yes. like two times where I just didn't even hear my name. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Yes. I guess. <laughs> uh, speaking of alewife, uh, we heard back from our public works department on some of the Rinjab Jerry's Pond area improvements that uh, a bunch of us had put in uh, in a policy order. Uh, during the summer and so I was happy to see that uh, some of the things we will be able to they have already worked on like as such as removing the graffiti from from the bridge mm -hmm. uh, and any other whatever spalling stuff is there mm -hmm. uh, they're working on the spalling uh, and we'll be planting they're going to be looking for uh, new areas to plant trees and so there is a proposal to do that uh, and and they are going to propose a program um, of planting in all these areas starting the spring of 2020 and continuing for a period of three to five years thereafter. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's some stuff that is not in our control. So we're working with DCR mm -hmm. to, to do more. Uh, and uh, there was some stuff that they didn't answer. Like I wanted a sign of, for Jerry's Pond. And so they just left that out. <laughs> but they're going to look into that. Mm -hmm. There's a few follow-up matters. Um, I wanted some benches, more benches. So mm -hmm. The, there's stuff that they're going to come back with um, and then there's a crosswalk that we both talked about yeah. um, that's near the pool they're going to restripe the the crosswalk because it's so faded uh, but I had also asked in the order to look at um, how to uh, work with traffic to make um, you know add some flashing lights do something or even one area. of those like raised crosswalk yes, beds yes um, that they have across from schools just because, I mean, I spent a lot of time <laughs> at, at that, that pool, pool yeah. in the summer with my kids, and it's at, all the kids are running across the street to go to that little um, convenience store. Yeah. yeah, the convenience store. They have French fries. Like it is like the place to go when you are on the middle school set. 
Um, <laughs> so, you know, making sure that those that crossing is more is safer in the summertime, especially, I Definitely. think is um, critical and like maybe even removing two parking spaces so that there's better visibility for, for sure. kids. So, um, yeah, I, w- I think there was a you and I both called that out as a necessary thing to have happen because people like bomb down that street. Yeah. I mean, when there isn't when there isn't back to back wall to wall traffic. Right, right. So, so, yeah, some of those changes I'm glad to see. And um, they've, you know, they've been uh, we've already added three additional big belly compactors around the area, replaced the the because there was a rat bins. problem, right? Yeah, and they've also installed um, some fences along uh, to deter some the rodent activity along the fence, and uh, you know some signs that say "Don't feed the the, the birds, ducks, and geese and uh, rats." <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, and so there's a few improvements coming, and then I'll probably do a follow up order uh, and ask for whatever wasn't uh, you know looked at. But I'm glad that we are we're paying attention. Yeah. Um, okay. So a hot topic of um, conversation on Monday night was a report that was returned back from the city about um, adding protected bike infrastructure on Mass Avenue between Putnam Ave and Sydney Streets. So essentially from the edge of Harvard Square, almost all the way to the river. So this was um, an order that was put in and um, the report back from the city was a little, I think people were feeling like as people myself included that it was just going to be too much time so mm-hmm. um for example the city reported back that from bigelow street which is essentially right next to city hall um for those of you who don't know right next to city hall to um sydney street which is almost to the where mit is um you know that was going to be protected bike infrastructure was going to be put in there as um, part of a street reconstruction and and sidewalk redesign you know, starting design work in fiscal year 2024. So we yikes, just, right? <laughs> um, so there was some consternation among a few Everyone, of the ca- yeah. a few of the counselors, and I was pretty vocal about it. Um, one of our staff members said, "You know, it will be worth the wait," which I don't disagree that you know having a really nice separated lane and a full reconstruction, street reconstruction and sidewalk reconstruction. I mean, if for anybody who's walked around central square ever you know from where from pearl street kind of down to where we are um at the fire station it's it's really the mobility is terrible Horrible. if, if you have huh. i mean i know when you were having your when you had crutches right like it's it's actually terrible so we do need to have a full re- sidewalk reconstruction um but at the same time we have very vulnerable road users uh who I, <laughs> I don't know how they even use Mass Ave. It's actually a death trap. Right. So I was a little bit concerned that we were using language called, you know, like the, it would be worth the wait because mm-hmm. I was concerned that, you know, there, first of all, there are a ton of near misses. Um, there haven't, there hasn't been a fatality, but <laughs> it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Right. And so I think, you know, to protect our vulnerable road users, we need to be kind of moving forward that timeline. And then from Putnam Ave to um, Bigelow Street, I, th- I think they were they got the message um, that we wanted to move a little faster on that and do some quick build infrastructure. Uh, you know, doing a robust community process starting in the fall or spring of 2020, and then um, implementation. The Bike Safety Group and the Cambridge or the Central Square Business Improvement District wrote us a joint letter asking for a full implementation of that by summer 2020, which the city was not 
they were reluctant to confirm that timeline based on they weren't sure how long the community process was going to be. Um, but, you know, uh, those stores, those re- I think there's like the concern around the retail locations that are uh, along that line because we were going to have to remove parking, obviously, mm-hmm. to put in the bike infrastructure. But those are like neighborhood stores. Like there's there's not a lot of those stores where I think people are like, I'm going to drive to Mass Ave and go to the handlebar and do my like bike workout. Like these are people walk to those things. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, there has been some concern around other rollouts of protected bike infrastructure, but those those retail locations, you know, and having the Central Square Business Improvement District come out and say, Involved, like, we, yeah. you know, we want to support our retail. And we do actually think that um, adding the bike infrastructure in will will enliven our our business and our yeah. retail. And there's so many studies that show that, too. So. Yeah, so, you know, um, that was... That was a long discussion. It was yeah. a long discussion. It was one that Important. needed to be had. And I have heard from the city staff since that, they were like, we, we heard you. We heard you. We we're heard you. I was, I was like, um, yeah, I, I'm glad because I was, <laughs> <laughs> I talked, I talked for a long time. Um, okay. So that was, those were kind of the big topics of conversation. And then because those all kind of took a long time. The, yeah. All our par- policy orders were moved to our next uh, council meeting on uh, October 6th. Uh, and so Councillor Toomey exercised his charter right. Uh, so we'll be talking about everything on the 6th. Yes, because we don't have a meeting on Monday because yeah, of uh, right, Rosh Hashanah. Um, but on on the agenda for now, the 6th, uh, you and I had a policy order in about hiring a social worker in the Central Square Library next year. Um, this came out of a number of conversations <clears throat> with you and I have had around um connecting to more social services in, in Central Square and conversations within the Central Square safety and infrastructure meetings that I attend biweekly. And then also conversations with our police officers who had um, who were stationed in Central Square at the substation. So the police department has two full-time social workers um, and they have been loaning those social workers to the Central Square Library to help some patrons access the services that they need. But they're really busy with their own police work and uh, it wasn't very successful and having those police officers the social workers on site and it's my feeling that that type of work uh, needs to have trust and dropping in some folks from another department a few times a week just wasn't going to be helping to build that trust that was needed yeah and and people access our libraries for lots of you know for different reasons and some residents use the library to check out books and movies and museum passes and others you know seek refuge from the weather you know they want to find a safe space to sit a place to check mail. I studied for the bar in these libraries. Right. People <laughs> use the li- library for so Everything, many different things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they search for their place on the housing waiting list or just use the restroom without buying something. So, and the library staff at the Central Square Library has had significant challenges in serving residents who need uh, many of these services. And so, um, uh, you know, more importantly, the, the Central Square Library staff may not be able or trained right? You have to have a certain amount of training. Right. And so connection to services, both city services and nonprofit organizations that exist here to support those with needs. And so we both, you know, felt that, and the mayor is also a co-sponsor. Right. Uh, adding a social worker on staff would help these residents get connected to the services that exist. And there are a lot of other municipalities that have hired social workers at their, lab- at their libraries to fill in the gaps. San Francisco, Boston, D.C., 
uh, and other cities in Massachusetts like Brookline. And so the this policy order is going to a- it has is going to ask uh, the city manager to work with staff to hire a social worker for the Central Square Library in fiscal year 2020, 2021, which starts in July next year. Yeah, I think um, I'm, a, I'm a looking forward to that conversation. We mm-hmm. had a couple of people at public comment who were supportive. So that was. Yeah, nice. yeah. Um, yes. Okay. So all the all the policy orders were moved to the next meeting, which is on October sixth. Um, but we had a couple of committee hearings this week. Um, the big one was the Cambridge Side Galleria Ordinance Committee hearing. Um, did you have something else you wanted to talk about? Oh yeah, we... yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, just remembered. Yeah, I did. So one thing that I'm working on, but it's not uh, you know coming through a policy order, but I've been meeting with uh, folks on is halal food. Yeah, have you heard of halal food? Of course. Yeah, so the backpack program we have, we serve so many kids who um, are halal. Yeah, and so a lot of parents uh, had reached out to me uh, over the summer and said, you know, we have kids who go to school, they come home and they're hungry because they had, you know, they didn't want to. There was a no halal food option, right? You know, I don't like to hear that. Right, right. Mm-mm. And so we, I met with them. Um, Mr. Maloney and uh, ha- Melissa honey, Honeywood, Honeywood, and mm-hmm. our director wi- of food and nutrition services, and brought along a few parents mm-hmm. to explain uh, what halal food is. Mm-hmm. And uh, halal food is, you know, basically you have to cut it in a certain way and clean it in a certain way, and it's like keeping kosher, right? right exactly, for Muslims, exactly. Okay. Yeah, and so there's certain things that you can eat and not eat, and we have the schools have vegetarian options, mm-hmm. uh, but I think. Those, you know, there's kids who look at their friends eating the hot dogs or the chicken patties and they're like, why can't I eat that, you know? Right. And so we learned that there are vendors who offer halal food options. Uh, so, hmm. and, we're, but we're, we've not, you know, we haven't bid for that. So do we have one big food supplier? We have a few. We okay. have a few. Because I think Thurston's is the one. Yes. Which is the big one, which is the one I order all my food from, the backpack program. But we also use Costa, I think, yes. which is local. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a, there are a few different. Okay. And so the, the inquiry there is, oh, do you have a halal food chicken Op- option, uh, right? Oh, uh-huh. And I, some of them do. So that's going to be part of the process. Is it more expensive? So that's something that we're trying to, they're going to figure okay. out. But um. You oh, know, my God, this supposed to be amazing. Right. And, you know, I, I, I pointed out that they were on their menu. There was something called chicken biryani. So chicken biryani mm-hmm. is a very common South Asian dish. My mom makes the best chicken biryani. It's I'm coming so, next time. so good. Okay. And I said, but the chicken was not halal, you know? Right. Right. And so I, I, I was, and then I mm. think they then were like, yeah, you know, it wasn't. Um, but it, they were trying to have this diverse sure. op- food option. Yeah. But... The kids, the Muslim Can't kids couldn't it. eat it, you uh-huh. know? <laughs> and so I, we, we, it was a good conversation. So anyway, there's some work being done. Um, school committee, Monika Bowman, um, uh, member, school committee, Monika Bowman, member is kind of handling it on the school side and I'm kind of working on the city side uh, and we're trying to figure out, you know, I, I don't think it'll be a pilot. I think we're going to do all of every school because it may yeah. be easier mm-hmm. uh and um <laughs> so yeah keep you posted on that but it's been exciting to just i've been i feel like i feel great that there's these parents who came to, with me to the peabody school and were yeah. able to talk you know talk to these administrators just about the practical realities and you know that i love that you're working on this oh thanks 
It's all my things. Yeah. So we're gonna do it. I can't wait. I've counted my support. And there's a lot of pilots that um I've we've I've researched uh in, in New York and in San Diego and Dearborn, um, New Jersey and in schools, like some places you go, everything's halal. You know, it's just that's a, there's an option. And so I think uh Can I ask a question? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so if it's halal, is it also kosher? No. Oh, okay. So kosher so kosher is a little bit different. Um, like you, you keep the meat in a different refrigerator, and so both halal and kosher rules um, prohibit certain foods. Um, compliance under both, uh, you know, require facilities to be managed in a way that avoids cross contact with non-halal and non-kosher. Um, and then kosher has a little bit. There's there's a few different more rules for kosher. Okay. So I think it'll be a question: Are we doing both? that you uh-huh. know halal and, and kosher and just seeing what what i think there what some cities have done is like dearborn there's a huge population of muslims right so right. that's kind of how they did that we do have a big popula- population of muslim students in our i mean i have a huge number of um even in the backpack program kids who are halal keep halal and, yeah. and we just provide a vegetarian option for them um because of this issue but if the school department is purchasing halal meat like it might it might i might be able to change my practices too right right and some of these are easy like they're more operational and um i think yeah i think it's i think it is not people i think jim maloney was like oh well we'll have to really think about how it it plays out and how it plays out in each school and you know, if we have space for instruments and all these things, I was like, yeah, that's, that's not, that's not really that hard. You know, if you really think about it, like if, if we have a, if we have guidelines and we have a way of doing it and we're getting halal meat and then we can put it somewhere that's separated. Have you been into the kitchens? Any Some of the kitchens? Them. Some of them. Some of them are so small. Yeah. Like the, um, the Amigos is super small. FMA is a super small, which is surprising because I feel like it's such a big school. Some of them are really small, like the Tobin and the Kennedy Longfellow and even Peabody is. They're big. They're bigger. Yeah. yeah. Some of them have walk-in refrigerators. Yeah. And I think some of, yeah. So I think, you know, we'll have to look at those operational realities, but I don't think it's a reason not to no, I'm pursue. For sure. Yeah. So TBD. TBD. On that, not but, BBD. Um, TBD. Not, not, yeah, no BBD. <laughs> but I'm excited to be working on it and uh, seeing seeing it through. Cool. All right. Thanks so, for yeah. being there for that yeah. with those families. Okay. Awesome. All right. So back to the Cambridge Side Galleria. Um, so we had an ordinance committee hearing last night, uh, started at 530, ended at 9, um, on the Cambridge Side Galleria project. So if we, We've mentioned before on this podcast, the Galleria Mall is looking to save the mall by um, building a mixed-use development of housing, retail, and commercial um, on the in the Macy's building on Land Boulevard, the Best Buy building, and Sears building on First Street. So anchor stores like Macy's are slowly closing all over the country, and Sears closed its stores this year. And New England developers, or New England Development, uh, who currently owns the mall, is working on this is trying to figure out a way to repurpose the space while revitalizing the First Street corridor between Charles Street and Thorndike Street by removing um, that above-grade parking lot that's uh, right on First Street and just has this kind of like wall and adding instead ground floor retail, restaurants, and pocket parks, as well as widening that sidewalk to allow for protected bike infrastructure and more trees. 
So this stretch of First Street was, in my opinion, when they were redoing that whole thing, it doesn't seem to be well planned uh, in terms of being friendly to the neighborhood. So it's just that whole that whole thing has just been a wall yeah. um, in East Cambridge to the rest of yeah East Cambridge. And then I think this is an opportunity to redress that issue and open it back up, which all sounds great, right? Um, but there are some concerns. <laughs> never easy. Nothing's ever easy. Um, there's some concerns about the height that the petitioners are asking for in exchange for what the community um, will ban- benefit from. So this past um, Tuesday, the planning board met about this project, and no one at the planning board was really ready to move this forward to the council with a recommendation. So they're meeting again on this topic on um, October 29th to further discuss and have answers that some of the planning board members flagged um, as issues that I would say that some of us probably shared as well. And, you know, I didn't go to the planning board meeting because um, <laughs> I, can't, I can't go to any more meetings, but I do watch them. I don't know if you caught up with the, the planning board meeting from Tuesday night, but Planning board member Karin Espinoza, I think, asked some really pertinent and well-thought-out human-scale questions that the petitioners need to have answered before the next ordinance meeting. So she was really thinking beyond the height and the massing and the GFA and, you know, like all the numbers that everyone keeps looking at and like the height of the mechanicals and like there's a lot of just numbers that could thrown her out. She was really thinking about like in terms of human people who live here in Cambridge, how will this affect them? And how do we get answers on those things? And so she's right. I think that's how the planning board needs to be thinking, um, not just in terms of numbers, but in terms of humans. So here are some of her questions. Um, So the total number of units, residential units, is 80. So a quarter of those units are going to be affordable, So which means that um, available to families between uh, 50 and 80% of the area median income. And then a quarter are going to be for middle income, which we've been talking a lot about how we don't have enough middle income uh, units here in Cambridge. And those are for people who uh, make between 80 and 120% of the AMI. And, um, you know, there were some numbers like 100% of the affordable units are family size. But what are those? She's wanting to know, like, what are, what are the actual numbers look like? What does it look like in terms of square foot per union? And what's the estimated move-in date for these residents if the first building is going to be a commercial building, which we understand is important for the economics of the, the whole complex, and the construction timeline is 8 to 10 years? Like, are we looking at 80 units 8 years from now? Are we looking at 80 units 3 years, years from yeah. now? So she also had questions they had, you know, talked about they were going to be offering affordable retail space. What does that look like? You know, there's nothing called out. It just says affordable. Is it going to be $10 a foot less than a current market rate? Is it going to be a pegged at a percentage below the market rate? You know, we're having this issue with Mass and Main across the street where there was some there was some talk about having affordable retail space in there, but it, the way that it's playing out, I'm not sure that, that we're going to get what we thought we were going to get. Um, additionally, there's, you know, they've put together the $60 million um, community benefits package with only $2 million worth of the benefits that are currently have a price tag attached, right? So if you look through the whole thing, it's just, it's like a bunch of words and only $2 million um, actually specifically called out. And then it's like $60 million in benefits. So it would be really hard for us to to, me- to measure that without all of those things being called out. There's also, you know, they're talking about 3,300 permanent um, jobs that will be associated with this particular project. Who are they for? You know, right. she wanted to know, 
Are they for Cam- Cambridge residents? And how are they making a commitment to add jobs for Cambridge residents? And then she had questions about the, one of the things in the project is the DCR boathouse, which is actually across the river, uh, sorry, across, across the river, across <laughs> um, Land Boulevard, um, right near the Museum of Science. So there's the stables and then there's a boathouse and it's just been falling into disrepair forever. The DCR is interested in revitalizing that, but they won't pay for it. So it could get done through this redevelopment. And so they've they've th- shown these beautiful um, images, renderings yeah. and images of what it could look like and what an underpass could look like um, that seems safer. Um, and her question was, who's it for? Like, who's going to be using it? Is it for Cambridge residents? Is and, it? And we got that email, uh, that letter oh, from, late from e- the from ECPT that kind of mentioned that, like, we don't want this, right? And so, um, I, th- I think she did a really she nailed it. She really did a great job going through and saying, like, these are things that we don't typically think about when we are approving projects, but this project is really different in that. First of all, New England Development has been an excellent partner for the city for a long time. We had a bunch of nonprofits come last night to say, like, they've done a great job supporting the community. Also, Cambridge Site Galleria, there was a number of, you know, young people who came and said, like, this was the place I hung out. Like, please, please try to save it in any way that you can. And New England Development is telling us this is what we need in order to save the small. The small. And so I think they're the questions then become how you say you need this. Do you really need this? Mm-hmm. And so one of the um, some of the other planning board members had questions about the finances of the project. So like you're asking for all this, um, you know, you're asking to triple the height of your buildings and they've provided a pro forma, which is essentially the basic cost of the project with a rate of return. And the planning board and the council are going to be asking for an independent analysis of those financials and pro forma in order to determine if the additional height is critical to the project and then be able to better weigh it against the intangible benefits, you know, right, like the things you can't put a a name on of like creating a space, right, like placemaking on First Street, um, connecting um, the mall uh, better to the Charles through Canal Park a renovated boathouse with docks, bike infrastructure, and great mixed-use space in East Cambridge, which will bring it alive. So um, we will have a, a council order on for the next agenda, which is on the 6th, uh, asking for an independent financial analysis. Because I think, you know, I looked at the pro forma. It was numbers on a page. and I know. I, I did not. <laughs> I was like, what does this mean? <laughs> Well, also, yeah, what does it mean? But also, there's nothing to back it up. I was saying to my daughter, we were talking about it last night, and I was like, it would be like if you said, my expenses are $375 a month, Mm -hmm. and you give us 12, you give me $12 in allowance, and I need you to make up that difference, but without, like, without attaching any of the receipts. Exactly. To to back up the fact that you spend $375 a month, which (laughs) she probably would. (laughs) But anyways, you know, just... I think having that independent financial analysis will help us better make a decision because I think, you know, it is, we really do want to help save the mall. I think First Street does need to be revitalized. I would love to see a better connection to the river from that area. And, you know, they have like pocket parks and all that stuff. And I think it would be good for us to actually make an informed decision around um, how to proceed. And this petition expires uh, December 25th. Yeah, on Christmas. Christmas. there is going to be another planning meeting, planning board meeting next Tuesday, right? No, or on the 29th. 29th. Yeah. Okay. So then we'll, we'll come back to us. So yeah, we that. ended up recessing the 
ordinance committee hearing because we we had a ton of public comment. Yeah. And we didn't have a lot of the information that we both asked for, uh, both the planning board and um, the city council. And so I think I had suggested last night in the meeting that we don't meet again until after the planning board meets because I think it's really hard for us to... I hate when that happens. I hate having an yeah. ordinance committee meeting without a recommendation from the planning board. And um, so I know the petitioners are kind of nervous because this is a refiled p- petition. It's yeah. not the first time. They came to us last summer, right? Or when was that? Oh, God, I feel like Gosh. we've been talking about this forever. Right. Since like day one. Yeah, was it? Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, it's last summer. So anyway, so they're eager to, um, you know, have these meetings set up so that we the p- petition doesn't expire because I think there is a financial risk uh, for them. And I don't want to understate that. So. Anyway, that happened last night. Um, we both had some committee hearings, but <laughs> they were pretty um, no comment. I just sat through them. There was one on uh, in, in the environmental health committee on fracked gas. Oh yeah, and I my daughter was sick, so I I kind of I was waiting for my babysitter and got there at the very end. So I think I missed. Yeah, we're the proposal is to the consideration is whether we can ban gas in new construction uh, in the in the future. And so I think there were a lot of questions about, you know, what that would look like, you know, and Cal- what California is doing is very different and how they can in do it. In Berkeley? Very- yeah. Do they build anything in Berkeley? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like some yeah. of the communities they were talking about that they've banned this gas infrastructure, I was like, are they building anything? Right. So, so Berkeley, Brookline, Newton. Yeah. So I think it has a lot of um, implications. So I, I don't think it's, I think it was good to hear from others at from and heat about gas and, and how we are eventually have going to have to, we are trying to move to uh, electricity and, uh, you know, and so forth, but there are going, there's a lot of significant challenges. So I think the next step are, uh, the solicitor is going to be looking at some of the other what the other cities are doing and book it's specifically in massachusetts too Mm. uh because it's the the laws are the same right right Mm -hmm. or yeah more consistent so that was a that was one hearing wait because because like it's interesting having this conversation at the same time that our electricity load is so high that we're having to build another substation so like the it 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 does definitely have ramifications on increasing the electricity load moving mm-hmm. away from natural gas so it's a consideration yeah and i that came up also in another meeting we had about uh what was it another ordinance meeting on revising special permit criteria oh right yeah let's not talk about that yeah it's too it's too uh i i saw chris the it guy oh. and, and like <laughs> listening to it he's like what are you guys talking about and i was like i really don't know <laughs> but yeah this weekend finally the weekend is here there's a few cool events happening um, yeah, so I'm really excited about Cambridge Arts Open Studios. Um, it's being held uh, tomorrow and Sunday. So this, there are locations all over the city where artists have either opened their homes, opened their studios, and then for artists that don't have studios here in Cambridge, there's a couple of different locations. Cambridge Eye Gallery is one, as a matter of fact, and they have been uh, very supportive of this for a long time. So each year, more than 150 artists showcase their work and creative talent in homes, studios, and group locations throughout located throughout the city. Find painting, pottery, natural soaps, jewelry, refurbished 
furniture. Um, admission is free and all are welcome. So look for the signs all weekend, kind of in and out. It would be great for people to um, support our local artists here in Cambridge, as we've been talking about on the podcast. Um, these are these are folks that need our support. And um, check out some great art. And I loved going last year. I know. So I'm going. Um, there's an artist that, um, you know, the the, re- the vacant storefronts? Yeah. So one of the artists who I loved hers, we she ended up reaching out to me for something, Deirdre Tao. She has beautiful things. So she she's one of the artists that has like a, I think it's actually right yeah, out here one. on CCTV. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a, a studio in uh, Central Square. And so she's opening her studio. Um, and I can't wait because I've only ever seen her artwork like in, in the storefront or online. I can't wait to see it in person. It's beautiful. She's these beautiful like beach landscapes. They're so like yeah. She left everyone a note to invite them. I know. So she, nice. She's actually great. Like I, I really liked. I we she and the night and she and I ended up having coffee and you know, on the course of the task force talking about what it's like to be an artist here. So everyone go out and support your local artists. There's also uh, Patty's five k. Oh my god, I forgot. Yeah, are you doing that? My whole family is running yeah. it. I sponsored it. I know. I I saw that you're on the shirt. I I I was gonna do it, but I can't. You said you've said that now for <laughs> two years. I've just stopped running because of my ankle. Yeah, I have been really bad about running, but uh, my family and I run it every year. It's my husband's birthday, and this is the second time this has actually been on his birthday. Um, so Bob, Toby, and myself will all be running. And yeah, I I I have sponsored this event for the past three years. Um, all of the proceeds go to girls sports here in Cambridge, which I think is critically important. And shout out to Ruth, Ryan, Allen, and Irving Allen over at Patty's for supporting You girls. know, I've never been to Patty's either. Oh, well, you should come. Yeah. <laughs> like inside, never. Mm. I know, I'm revealing all these things. Well, you know, Elizabeth Warren's there. Like I know, I need to go. I, I pass it. I'm... I told you I went in there one time when she and was she, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she was just leaving. I took her seat. I was like, wow. oh, I'll sit here. Maybe we can go sometime. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> no, it'll be, I, I love Patty's. It's, um, I just think it's funny that it's like Elizabeth Warren's total local. That's so funny. And she talks about it like on the debates. She's like, I don't know if you've ever heard her talk about small businesses. And when she does, she's like, well, why don't you talk to my friend Ruth over at Patty's in Cambridge? And I'm like, I know her. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> so yeah, so th- that's happening Sunday morning. Um, and then there's a festival afterwards. It's really fun. They have hot dogs and beer, and there's usually a great local band. And um, yeah, it's, it's actually their it. anniversary. Oh, yes, that's it's right. It's a big anniversary, and my brain is dead. But it's a big anniversary. Come support Patties. Come support Girl Sports and watch me, like, just <laughs> stumble over the finish line. No, you're going to beast it. No, I'm not. I would, yeah, I I did do the, I tell people in my glory days, I did the half marathon in Cambridge. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. That's coming up too, actually. I know. Bob's doing it. Um, One day I'll do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe baby steps. (laughs) Maybe baby steps. We uh, also just wanted to, this week we'll be busy. We have the Cambridge Domestic Violence Vigil on Thursday. That's right. At 6 p.m. So if you can join us for a candlelight vigil in front of the city hall to commemorate the Massachusetts women, men, and children who've lost their lives to domestic violence since last oh. October. Uh, the, the event um, features a reading of the victim's name, the ringing of the city hall bell for every name read, and a musical interlude, and a p- 
poetry reading and we both went last year and it's incredibly moving and yeah so tragically come, sad yeah so it's it, it, the, the our city is going to and uh, police department will be doing a lot of events for domestic violence month mm-hmm. in october so october is here on like tuesday is yeah it? yeah october is here <laughs> wow yeah tuesday is october 1st so there's a lot happening in october <laughs> a lot happening in october we're going to get through it, right? We're going to do it. All right. Well, so it. we hope you love this podcast. Please share it with your friends. Tell us um, if you want to hear about anything or if you want to hear some of nice thoughts on anything. I'm Tweet us at A-M-M-A-L-L-O-N. And I'm never on Twitter, but please tweet S-U-M-B-U-L-S-I-D-D. You like things. Here and there. Okay. So we will... Perhaps be here next week. We don't have a meeting and there might not be enough going on for us to talk about. So we'll we'll, see. We'll either be here next week or we'll see you the week after. But have a fantastic weekend. It looks like great weather. Yay. Enjoy Cambridge. Support the artists. Come out to Patty's. And yeah, we'll see you soon. TTYL. Bye. Bye.